Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the hot tag. And we are talking about AEW Rampage, but before we get into it, joining me as always is my co-host, my tag team partner, and real life brother, Chase. What's up, dude? What's going on, everybody? New year, new me, as they say. No, Absolutely. It is, it is a brand new year, and we're still here. And we'll, we're we're gonna we're gonna hopefully do this thing for a year. All right, so we're we're talking about AEW Rampage from uh, December thirtieth, I think is what it was. It's the yes. New Year's Smash episode of of Rampage. How did you feel about this episode overall? Just kind of a brief overview. Um, uh, as a brief overview, uh, could have been better, wasn't the best. Uh, I think it was a bookend, uh, but it was okay. Very forgotten show. Um, but except for this opening match, I thought this was probably the best thing on the show. Uh, we open with Orange Cassie versus Trent Beretta for the uh, All-Atlantic uh, title. And this match, the, the story of this match is incredible. Um, just really well done. Uh, it starts out with a super long handshake from Orange Cassie. Just keeps shaking Trent's hand funny little bit but it, it quickly turns serious you know it, it it quickly turns serious as cassie tries to you know pull one over on him and the match continues like this it was um, uh it was it was a very interesting match i did want to point out that uh paul white and kip were on commentary for this and paul white of course will be on commentary for the remainder of the episode um but it was interesting how it kind of descended into like a real serious competition pretty quickly amongst friends it did, it did, and it was it was a good story to be told because at a certain point, Chuck or no, I think Cassie gets thrown outside the ring, and Chuck helps him up and puts him back in the ring, and yep. then Trent gets thrown outside the ring, and Chuck's gonna help him up, and it looks like there's gonna be tension, but they hug. I like that. Um, Danhausen tried to quote unquote attack Trent on the outside, which was funny. Yeah, this, it was. It was a good back and forth. There was a, a pretty nasty spot where Trent takes off after Orange uh, on the outside. And Orange Casty, I mean, with his hands in his pockets, just leaps over Trent and Trent smashes into the barricade. I thought it was really, really, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, man. Trent will throw himself into those barricades. It comes back from the New Japan days. Oh, yeah. If you ever watch New Japan, they, they will hurl themselves into a barricade. Well, I mean, the barricade is the third man in any match in New Japan. Absolutely. It really is. Uh, Penelope Ford comes down and interferes for Orange Cassidy, getting him the victory. Um, what's interesting about this is is this, this could just be head games from Kip um, for, you know, that he's working with Orange. This could really turn into something, but I super doubt it. Orange is like a huge baby face in this company. I just don't see them flipping that around. Yeah, I don't think they'll go that way. Um, it seems to me that Kip wanted Orange to retain because he's kind of soul-bent on inflicting pain and damage to Orange Cassidy. So I think it's more of a maniacal head game, as you said, with him to kind of uh, splinter the best friend's and orange and kind of get him ostracized by himself so that he doesn't have backup because i mean if you think about it 
Kip really doesn't have backup either other than Penelope. And so, you know, I think it's just to get Orange by himself so they can have a uh, that good one-on-one and he can inflict more damage to Orange. I agree. I agree. It's also mental damage too, you know? Yep. M- make, make him wonder. Um, so then we had a segment with uh, Tony Schiavone with Darby and his dad. Um, Darby cuts a promo about becoming a wrestler. Oh, I'm sorry. Not his dad. Sting. Same thing. Um, <laughs> Darby cuts a promo about becoming a wrestler and about the match with Samoa Joe. And he's talking about how in high school or in school people said they, they didn't believe in him. And he looks at his dad and he says, you probably didn't believe in me either. Well, what's interesting about this segment is he mentions his real dad. So I guess I better stop that joke. <laughs> it's Sting. He looks at Sting and he says, "You probably don't believe in me either." And of course, Sting cuts one of his like goofy "I love him for it" like fired up promos. Um, this segment was odd, but I like Darby, so I'll let it slide. Well, I'll say this, man. Um, I thought this segment was awesome. Uh, really, we haven't seen much of Sting lately, um, other than just you know, Gramps walking out and just walking back. <laughs> Like waving at him from the stage and saying, "Y'all have come a good back day now. at school, man." Yeah, and uh, so other than that, it was cool to see Sting here really uh, get that fire and that passion and saying, "Look, it doesn't matter if I believe in you. You got to believe in you. So you got to do it for yourself." And I mean, I get that maybe cliche to some, but I just thought it was it was awesome of Sting to be that mentor and that kind of like, "Hey, man, you just got to do it." And not worry about what everybody else thinks. I thought that was cool. Uh, and it was awesome to see more Sting. I'm glad they're giving Darby more TV time. Yep, yep. You're right. You're right. So uh, up next is uh, Kip's in the ring. Uh, it was actually kind of cool because when they were, as he was walking to the ring before the Darby promo, he kind of dances past Orange. I thought that was kind of funny. I loved um, it. It was a great gift, too. Yeah, but he's in the ring now with, I think they said Atiba? They Atiba. didn't give this guy a title card no. uh, so I don't know um, he mocks OC pretends to put his hands in his pockets um, and then he he Penelope hands him Orange Cassidy's elbow pad he <laughs> pretends to put it on take it off he puts his fist in the air he hits him with the orange punch uh, just uh, continuing to play mind games with the Orange Cassidy and kind of you know just mock him and all his stuff that he does if this is and, your first uh, episode of the hot tag, I love Kip Sabian. I've loved Kip Sabian from day one. I loved the whole put the elbow pad on to immediately pull it off and mimic slapping it back to the ground. That was great. Yeah, and it was it was good stuff. I mean, just continue to play mind games. Of course, Kip gets the win, um, to which then we cut to a backstage promo with Preston Vance, who is now going by the moniker of Pelo Pelagroso. Sorry if I butchered that. Pero, Pero Peligroso. And my wife looked it up. It, it translates into dangerous dog. Okay. All right. Um, great. I, I thought it was pretty great heel stuff here from Preston. Or Pero. I'm just going to call him Preston. Just call him uh, Preston. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was pretty great heel stuff. I literally just wrote great heel stuff here. Uh, what he I says, wrote down was um, he says he had to wear a dumb mask and do a dumb hand gesture. Um which I thought was two interesting lines that, that kind of hit hard for all the Dark Order marks. Oh, man. And then, I mean, he follows it up with, says if all he had to do was belittle a child to get the spotlight, he would have done that S years ago. So, I mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm liking it. I, I think he's like going to be too. a good fit. I think they're kind of, 
I guess not necessarily. Well, I guess you could call it repackaging, but I think it'll be a good look for him, and I think he fits in that stable. Yep, I agree. So we come up on the other side of uh, the commercial break, and Mox is in the ring with Tony. Um, and, I mean, basically just another, you know, I beat up Hangman and knocked him out. What did you expect? Hangman's I'm not clear. I'm sick of this promo. I'm sick and, of this uh, promo. But, I mean, the only thing we really get from this is uh, Mox said, meet me in the ring on January 11th if you can. So uh, okay. it looks like they're... So I, I, I hate to interrupt you. I really do. I want to say this. Um... The thing is, if you're in if you're in a wrestling crowd of any kind, be it AEW, be it WWE, be it whatever, if you start a what chant, you're the problem. That this crowd was attempting a what chant all through Moxley's promo, and you could hear the one guy when nobody else was doing it, really trying to get it out there. And sure, he was loud. Don't start what chants anymore. It's over. It's I over. I hate that, man. I didn't Unless even notice that. Unless Stone Cold is in the ring, do not start a what chant. And yeah, that's I just a even, PSA. I didn't even notice that happened, but yeah, don't do that. Um, it's just rude and disrespectful. But uh, I was going to say, it seems like they're building up this January 11th at the Kia Forum to be kind of a, a, a big deal. Uh, and I mean, they've got the... We'll get into that later. But it looks like they're building this up to be a big deal. Agreed. Um, Yep. So they announced that the acclaimed and the TNA crew, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, will be facing off next week on Wednesday uh, for the new edition of Dynamite for the for a title. title shot. Yeah, and so we cut to a backstage with them. Uh, Jay Lethal cuts a good fired up promo. He's mad. He says he's never had gold, and that he's gonna finally. He's tired of them talking, and then they just cut to a good serene Double J. And, of course, Double J does what he does best here. And he's just like, you know, I'm tired of you talking. You made a mistake. We're going to take the titles, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it is a, a, a good little segment. Jay Lethal is very much cutting, in my opinion, a little goofy fired up promo. It feels like he's trying to mimic um, Macho Man or, or, you know, an old school wrestler with, with that, that fired up set. Well, I guess the only thing, and maybe this is why I've never been able to really take Jay Lethal seriously, is because back in TNA, when he would do the back-and-forth bits, which, all, albeit they were hilarious, with Ric Flair and the back-and-forth woos and him being uh, black machismo, I mean, that was cool and all, but he was basically just ripping off somebody else's gimmick. He's a great in-ring talent. He's a great hand, as Sean Spears was aptly called when he came in. Um but it's kind of like his voice just kills it for me. Because he sounds like he's got like a frog in his throat or something. <laughs> and so he just it sounds like he can't really get his words out. And so when he's yelling like this, I just can't take him seriously. Yeah, it's a little hard for me too. That's kind of why um, I even wrote down in my notes kind of a goofy, angry promo uh, from Lethal. But it's, it's, it is it is what it is. I, I think I, I would like to say part of it is on purpose, but I just don't know. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. All right. Uh, moving on, we had a match between Jade and Kiera Hogan. Um. You know, I like Jade. So these matches, the the, the storyline with her and Red Velvet and all this stuff are actually really good for me. Um. I, I like this back and forth. Uh. Jade pretty much dominates this match until like the last. Um, minute or two where Kiara gets some good offense. 
um, Red Velvet at, at a certain point in the match that it, it falls out to the outside and Layla Layla Gray in that her name yeah that's the right other the other baddie so Layla Gray holds um, Kara Hogan at one point and Jade's gonna go slap her and Red Velvet stops the slap um, yeah Red Velvet kind of a, uh, intervenes and kind of she holds Jade's arm until Jade finally slings her off of her. And then, you know, Layla throws Kira back in the ring. And Jade gets back in. Um, and uh, it kind of seemed like... And they mentioned this on commentary. They were saying, uh, Red Velvet acted nonchalant on the outside like she didn't do anything. You know, so... Right. Um, she, uh, Jade Cargill, at one point, has a big choke slam spot. And uh, I, I wrote this down because it made me laugh. Uh, Paul White... Um, responds to the choke slam. He says, Whoa, big, big choke slam, man. I should try that move. Uh, <laughs> cute little nod to, to big show there. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, Jade, uh, destroys Kiara and makes her jaded and, and wins the match after this the puts- match. Red velvet is already like halfway up the ramp. Yeah, she doesn't like. They don't have any kind of interaction. This puts Jade, of course, to forty-six and zero. But Red Velvet just kind of, you know, is already almost out, and they're just cutting away from her to something else. That was weird. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, Jamie Hader promo. I love Jamie Hader so freaking much. It's a promo about setting the standard, saying that the match she had with with Sheeta, which was top notch, um is going to set the standard and Soraya can bring who she wants. I, I wish this was true. I really wish that this, that this truly was the new standard. Cause that match with Sheeta was incredible. That was an awesome women's match. Uh, Lexi with Tony Nice, who is super underrated and underutilized. Um, smart Mark calls out Danielson like as MJF's attorney. And next week we're going to get Nice versus Danielson. Uh, nice deserves just so much more time. And, and I think when you put him in the ring with somebody like Danielson, it's going to be an awesome match. Yeah, I think I think Nice is great. I think he's, again, a good hand. And Danielson can make anybody look great. Uh, and, of course, with both these guys being from the WWE system, they're both uh, well-trained, of course. Um, and I hate to say that, but, I mean, you can definitely tell the difference between some guys that have were trained in that developmental system and some guys that just didn't. So I'll leave that well, note there. And I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off for a second and say Danielson deserves more than being said he was trained in the WWE system. Danielson was the best indie wrestler in the world for quite a long time. I think Danielson set the standard for what like indie wrestling is and and always should be. So That's I fair. don't give WWE that credit. I give Danielson that credit. And I guess I don't mean to rope him into that. I guess I was more or less uh, speaking on Tony Nese cuz yeah. you know. It, so I, I'm what I'm saying is I'm confident that that match will be good. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to point that out. No, Danielson earned yeah, his way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I, I and not give WWE any credit for that man. Yeah, Danielson, he come up on Ring of Honor. That's all him. Um, so we do the main event segment, and Moxley speaks for Yuta. Swerve says mogul affiliates will be violent. 
Yuta calls those guys with swerves that from tattoo redo. Good line. Yeah, that was that was an awesome line. He said uh he doesn't need uh rejects from the last season of tattoo redo. That was great. Yeah, it was good. So um time for the main event. They come out uh and man, I have to say this was underwhelming. Um as as much as I thought it was a, a good technical technical wrestling match, you know, because I know Swerve's good. He's got a unique style. I love the way he kind of like rolls people up into those German suplexes. Yeah, um, he kind of like spins them around and picks them up. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's cool. Uh, but I wrote in my notes. It seems like he was getting more than he was dishing out. And for this to be his first outing as like an out-and-out heel, to me, that just doesn't seem right. I don't know. It just kind of seemed like he should have gotten more offense. Um, and I mean, I, I don't... And maybe it's just because he's going for the snaky heel thing. I don't know. Um, but I, it just seemed to me like he should have got more offense. And it just was kind of a... It, it just was what it was. It was a technical match, but it was okay at best. The, so here's here's the thing, and, and I'm I'm gonna complain about TK's booking a little bit here. It's like he doesn't know how to write a heel other than a low blow. Yeah. Um, Swerve does a good job of being a snaky heel and and kind of doing the whole Joker gimmick, where you know Joker's not a fighter. Joker is a cheap shotter, and you know he kind of got his cheap shots in, but is also his good moves. This is a very technical match. And, you know, it was a good back and forth. It was good to see some good technical wrestling between these two. I kind of disagree with um, your thought process about Yuta maybe getting too much offense here. Yeah. Um, Swerve still got his stuff in and um, still looked good in this. And Yuta held his own, but Swerve did a really cool drop kick to his knee from the apron to the outside. That was cool. And that kind of told the story of this match of Yuta's leg being injured and him fighting through the stuff. Um, yeah, this this match was a little meh. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. Um, of course, Swerve, uh, whenever he falls on the ref at one point, causing the ref to be, I guess, quote, incapacitated. And uh, he gets a low blow on Yuta and rolls him up to pin and get the win for his... First match of his heel run. Yeah, a decent match. I mean, it was it was fine. Um, no, nothing crazy special, and really not the best Swerve match. Yeah, it, it just was okay. At, at least, yeah, at least since we've seen him in AEW, not the best Swerve match. Uh, any final thoughts on this show? Um, I thought this was an okay show. I think they kind of knew that uh, with it being, you know, on the 30th and everybody's probably out doing stuff with their, you know, doing whatever, you know, holiday stuff they're going to do, whether it be, you know, leftover Christmas stuff or new year stuff. I think they kind of knew that they weren't going to have a higher viewership for this episode. Um, so I think that's why the card wasn't as strong, but it was okay. Um, I'm just hoping that we bounce back next week with Rampage. Kind of a weak episode. I, I want to see... Tony Khan actually put some interesting um, thought into Rampage going forward. Uh, I want to see yeah. that happen. 
Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it is a Rampage episode, so as you know, our next segment is News You Can Use, baby! Chase, give us some news we can use. Yes, sir, so news you can use for this week and for the final episode of the last year. Um, it seems that Superstar Dragon Lee uh, announced at the AAA show that he will be signing with NXT. So uh, I think it'll be an okay acquisition for NXT, but, you know... We don't cover WWE on this show, as you know, so if you want to know more about him, you'll have to go somewhere else. Um, and also, uh, WWE star uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was appeared at NOAA over the weekend to perform The Great Muda's last match. Um, and, man, I've seen the entrance from this, and it just it's, it's old Nakamura. He just looks like a superstar in Japan. And, of course, that's... Because he's from Kyoto, and uh, it just—it's awesome to see him just doing his thing. And I just—it makes me miss his pres presentation over in WWE. Yeah, um, it, it's good to see that Nakamura is getting to go do this. But um, and and this could have changed by now, so I don't know. I haven't really kept up with it. But last I heard, Nakamura was happy with the soft and safe style of WWE, and was yeah. kind of just you know riding easy street because he was enjoying America and, and, you know, getting paid a crap ton of money. So I really don't know what he's going to look like in, in a Japanese style match. Now it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he still has it or not. From what I heard, he did. Um, I heard that it was a pretty good match. So, couple things I want to talk about in, in, in our news segment, um, and, and feel free to jump in on this. Uh, the first thing is Dax Harwood started a podcast, and um, his very first episode was talking about CM Punk. So he recently, and, and, and I can't remember if we covered this or not, but CM Punk tweeted um, or, or Instagrammed a picture of him like with, with FTR behind him seemingly in a locker room for AEW. And, you know, this dude is just begging to be relevant. Um, and I guarantee you his best buddy, Dax Harwood, was like, oh, man, I'll start a podcast where I talk about stuff and you'll be my first episode and, and it, it'll be great. And I'll tell everybody why you shouldn't, uh, you know, why you shouldn't leave and all this stuff. So it was, ultimately, it, ultimately what I drew in this and I, I'm sorry, I'll let you talk here in a minute. Ultimately, what I drew from what I read about this podcast episode, it just sounds like Punk gave everybody a bunch of gifts and was like, please like me. Yeah, I actually listened to this episode because I was just curious because um, I didn't even know that it was a thing. Uh, and I just kept seeing Dax Harwood said blah, blah, blah on Twitter. And I was like, well. And so then when I found out it was a podcast, um, I just kind of, you know, put it on while I was doing something. And first of all, uh, the name of this podcast is FTR with Dax Harwood. Lazy. Kind of a bad name that you're going to pick for your podcast if you're going to be going this crusade for your bu your buddy. Shots uh, production, fired. Production's awful. Uh, so when you actually watch it on YouTube, the YouTube version, is two little window boxes, which seems to be a new, I guess, uh, standard for podcasts with wrestlers nowadays. But it seems that the host is in front of, like, a paneled background and like just doesn't need, I mean, it's just, it looks terrible. The, the video quality is awful. The graphics that are on the screen for this podcast are all blurry and choppy looking. Um, 
And then, just to address everything that he said within the podcast, he basically just goes on to say, because the guy, I mean, uh, the host, I don't know what his name is, sorry, asked him some questions about, like, okay, well, you weren't there. You had already left. What happened? Dax, like, skates around the fact that Punk basically punched an executive vice president in the face just because he was scared. And it just seemed to me (laughs) that, like, like you said, uh, he gave everybody Starbucks gift cards when he first got there, and Dax was trying to play that up as like a, uh, well, I mean, if you're friends with CM Punk, he'll give you a Starbucks gift card. Well, that's cool, <laughs> but it doesn't mean he's a good person. And no. you can't go off of Dax's you know, account of, well, I mean, when I talk to him and when these other three people that he mentions talks to him, he was a nice guy. Okay, well, that's great, but that's probably not the standard across the board for everybody that came encounter with this guy, especially if, you know, everybody's talking about it. And it's funny because over the week, uh, Jericho said that him amongst others would go to the nth degree to make sure that punk doesn't come back to work for the company. Yeah. And people tried to say, well, of course Jericho's saying that cause punk's a bigger star. I just don't understand the people that are still protecting CM Punk. And I guess this is just a lot of sour grapes as Mr. Phil loves to say is because I was such a fan for so long and to see him just treat this sport that he loves so much and how passionate he is about professional wrestling according to Dax because he's so passionate. It's just like, man, if you cared that much, you wouldn't come take a dump all over the company that allowed you to work there. You know, albeit your 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 past goings on that everybody said about you. They took that in stride and just let you still come work there. But then you're going to act like that. But you love professional wrestling? I don't know, man. It just it, It's, to me, a slap in the face. I think Dax, I don't understand why he's such good buddies with this guy. Um, I, guess it's both, I guess it's just because they both love Bret Hart. That's cool, I guess. But, it, to me, everything that Dax said, it was a lot of dancing around the question. It was Because he said, well, from accounts that were reported by reporters and from what i've heard from people that were there there's a bit of truth and there's a bit of non-truth all right dude well that doesn't answer the question of what you think so he basically just skated around the fact that there was an altercation that happened that shouldn't have and just says well i really hope that these four guys can can come back because we're not setting up professional wrestling for right now we're setting it up for the future okay well I hope that doesn't happen. And that's all I'll say about it. Yeah, no, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head for me in a lot of ways. Um, Punk was clearly angry that nobody was listening to him. He was angry that he was getting injured every single match, which whose fault is that? Um, He was was mad and, and he aired his grievances. And, and when he, you know, he's so brave and he's so Mr. Pipe Bomb to, to air his grievances. But his actual colors came out when, I don't know what version of the story people believe at this point. I, I guess we all have our own. But when the elite show up to talk to you about it with the, the talent management guy, with Christopher Daniels. So how can you convince me that the elite was there to fight or the elite kicked a door in or threw a first punch when they show up with pretty much HR of the company, look, if somebody, it, it, I've worked in retail long enough to know that if somebody walks in the door with HR next to them, they're coming at you from a, from a level-headed political standpoint. 
They're not coming at you to, to knock you out or to throw blows. You know, this is two totally different things. They walked in with HR and Punk was so scared that he throws a, he throws a punch. Yep. Ridiculous. And for Dax Harwood to, to, to do all this peace, love, and, and pro wrestling stuff is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you're absolutely right. He's skating around the fact that Punk threw a punch. His crazy friend bit Kenny Omega and threw a chair at one of the Bucks. This, this is stupid. Ridiculous. So Mr. Harwood... With all due respect, I, I do believe you're a good wrestler. This is just a, a dumb take, and just come on, man. Th- this is ridiculous. Punk should never come back. And now let me touch on people saying that Punk's a bigger like star than Chris Jericho. Dude, I don't even have to explain how wrong you are. I really just don't. I don't have to explain it. Jericho is a better wrestler even now than Punk ever was. Okay, so let, let, let's just let's back off this mess. Obviously, me and Chase feel very strongly about this, so apologize for the rant. But that's just I'm, I'm so sick of I'm so sick of seeing Punk. Yeah, I, I'm I'm tired of hearing about it, man. I don't I don't care, um, dude. I sold all the shirts of Punks that I have, and I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I just I don't care. I, I don't want him back. I think that would not do anything for AEW. Um, I think that's going to... If he comes back, I think that's going to make some big names leave, and that could spell the end for AEW. If he returns, it will be the end of AEW. Yep. Um, But anyway, that's all our news, right? We got anything else? That's it. All right. Well, everybody, thank you as always for supporting the show. It's a new year. We are confident we are moving forward. We will continue the show, so please continue to listen to and support us on wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, and uh, I appreciate everybody who took the time to hang out with us and listen to this. Um, For your continuing support, we really appreciate it. If you will, just stay tuned. Hopefully, we've got a lot of awesome things coming this year. And uh, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing, you can follow us over at Two Sweet News on Twitter. Instagram, and the TikTok. All right, everybody. Happy New Year. Two sweet boys out.